and everything else. So I pray that God helps you. Can I give you a word about the turkey and the dressing? I want everybody to hear what I'm about. I'm going to give you a word about that. This too shall pass. You'll either eat it, give it away, or throw it away. Amen. We were blessed this Thanksgiving. Were you? Amen. Are you ready to go to the Word today? I'm going to take you into a brand new or a new, brand new series that we um, want to start this morning. And we're going to go into our Christmas talking about uh, seasons of change. That's what we're going to talk about. Pastor, that's an odd looking uh, image to use for this. Well, I'm going to explain to you in just a few moments and in the next few weeks, you're going to understand why we decided and why we went this direction with this image. I'm going to take you to a book that I believe was written from the, the Bible talks about one of the wisest men who ever lived. It's the book of Ecclesiastes. He wrote one book. As a matter of fact, there are scholars who try to agree on whether this book ought to even be in the Bible or not. Did you know that? There's reasons behind that because of the way of Solomon's mindset. King Solomon, while he's writing this, is very, very vulnerable. Uh, I've used many passages. Matter of fact, this is a study. Anybody who likes, anybody really like to study the Bible, really like, I mean, you really like, I got young people peeking around. It's okay. I mean, it's all right to be a Bible nerd. Amen. I like to study the Bible. I like to study it, and I don't just like to read it, but I like to have the Holy Spirit show me something. I'll challenge you. Just take some time and read through the book of Ecclesiastes. Take uh, maybe one chapter a day out of the book of Proverbs. There's 31 of them, and read those through that month. And then... Maybe you'll be closer to uh, thanks. I mean, not Thanksgiving. You'll be closer to Valentine's Day. Read Song of Solomon. Ask the Lord to help you. I'm I'm praying about February about maybe teaching some on the Song of Song of Solomon. It may get a little bit edgy. You can't read it without it being a little bit edgy if you don't understand it. I believe there's some great resources that will help you to understand Song of Solomon a little bit better. And yes, Solomon was finding love. There's a few things that Solomon said in his life when you read the book of Ecclesiastes that you will find out. One, he wanted to know God more than he did anything else, but in life he said there's a few things you can enjoy. And one of them is, one of them was good food. It's, I mean, it's in here. It's in the Bible. He talks about it. He talks about it. He talks about loving what you do. Solomon was the wisest king. He was the wisest man who had ever lived at this point in the Bible. And yet he said there's a few things, look at this, that find that make you happy. And I believe loving God is one of the most important things that you can do. And he knew that, but he knew that good food is okay. Come on, somebody. Good food is okay. That, that finding happiness is important. God, I want everybody to listen to me. God does not want you miserable. If you think that God saved you to make you miserable, you're wrong. If you think that your life was greater than what it was before you give your heart to Jesus, you and I need to talk because there's some things that God really wants to do in your life, and He doesn't want you to live miserable. He wants you to be happy. I said God wants you to be happy. Now, I've heard people use quotes that I don't know that I totally agree with, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one out there, and I know this is going live. I know it's on social media and all this other stuff, that God's more concerned about your holiness than your happiness, and I could probably debate that a little bit with you because I'm going to tell you something. What good is it for you to be holy and to look like you've been eating pickles out of a narrow jar to the rest of the world, and you can't complete the commission that God called you to do, which is to seek to save, to reach the lost, 
and the hurting for Jesus Christ. You know what? If you're miserable in your walk with God, I want to tell you there is joy unspeakable that can be found in it. And I pray that before we're done, you help that we help understand that. That's just that's just a little bit of yam land yap, whatever those Cajuns call it. Amen. Y'all got it. I, I want to share with you about seasons. Now, in this picture, you're going to see at least two seasons. We're going to call one spring, one winter, and we're going to use this for this graphic for the series uh, at least up until December the 22nd. I will remind you that next week is the last week to give in that offering. I know that Pastor Tegan's already mentioned that. Thank you for what you've done. I will tell you now that we're at the halfway mark of our goal from, or we're at the halfway mark of what we received last year. So we appreciate you if you've been thinking about what you're going to give or considering what you were going to give. Thank you for what you're going to do or what you did today and what you'll do this week. I want to share with you that no matter where you are in life, understand that life is about seasons. Seasons come and seasons go. Now, if this is more teaching than it is preaching, you just bear with me because I believe it's going to help you. That sometimes in life, there are good seasons and there are seasons that are not so good. There are the seasons when everything looks well, bright, blooming, smells wonderful, even if you're having to take Zyrtec like candy because of the blooming, you like the springtime because it reminds you of all things new. The wintertime is another season, which is where we are and where we are going in our physical earth right now. We're in what is known or will be known as winter or coming out of fall into winter. We see that in winter, Things are more dead. You can see the bare trees now. You're going to see more, probably more cold weather. It's more, it's dark. How many know that it's almost like there's more darkness than there is day? That the days seem to be shorter and the nights seem to be longer. It represents for you the way that many of us live our life. That sometimes we're in seasons when it gets really long. It's like the daytime is short. The time that I can see, the time that I have visibility is short, but the day, the night is long. It's like you look up and it's 5 o'clock like it was last night, pitch black, and you're like, what do I do? I, I, I can't go to bed now. If I go to bed now, I'm going to be up half the night, but I, I really don't feel like being up because the season that I'm in right now makes me feel like all I want to do is sleep. I'm going to tell you that I believe whether you're in a season in your life that's struggling or celebrating, that there is a purpose in your life and in that specific season that you can identify God's power, you can identify God's presence, you can identify God's faithfulness in your life, that regardless of whether you're in the springtime or you're in the winter, you can identify all three of these in your life. And it seems like for me in the past several years that I've I've had others, as a matter of fact, I was sharing with somebody this morning, other pastors that have spoken over my life, other leaders that have spoken over the season that I'm in right now, because I'm in a season just like you're in a season. And, 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 that, and it's a season that I'm in and that I'm moving into. And, and I realize that there's some things that have changed. Someone said to me, Pastor, I know that you lost your dad. I'm marking, we're in the fifth year. I'm about just a few days away from the telephone call that I got to tell me that my dad 
uh, was unconscious in the hospital. He had coded, and I would never physically get to talk to him again. It's a season, Cindy Burton, that I'll never forget in my life. It was a dark season for me because I wasn't expecting, really expecting, even though that I knew that his health was declining, I never thought how dark, how cold, and how alone I would feel in that season. Yet, in that, God helped me to recognize that I could sense his presence, I could see his power. Oh, there's a lot that I could share with you. And I sure enough knew his faithfulness even through what I went through. Now, it took me some time. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes the seasons that you get into are not like they are like they are uh, summer, winter, spring, fall, that kind of thing that you deal with, and there's two months and you're over with and that kind of thing. Sometimes the seasons you get into can last longer, and there's a reason for that, and I hope to help you with that. But it, it seems like that since that time, I had somebody speak over me more than once and said, God's moving you from a season of where you have been more as a spiritual father and mentor to others. You're going to step into the role that you always looked to your dad for. You always saw your dad as your father. He was my father. He is my father. You understand that on this earth. But he was also a spiritual mentor to me. He was a person that I could go to. I called on Sunday nights. So I began to understand that God's moving me into a different season. And a few years ago as a young pastor, I would not be the person that you would want to be talking to about seasons because I was still trying to figure it out. I didn't understand it. wasn't nearly as mature, but I've learned a lot that I need, that I want you to understand that you need to savor the good seasons. You ever eat something that when you put it in your mouth, you're like, mmm, Jesus, you're in there. Come on, somebody. Renee and Todd's gumbo. Jesus, you're in this. I don't understand the boiled eggs in the bottom, but you're in this gumbo. It will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I declare it prophetically. Set spoons. Come on, somebody. You, you know what I'm talking about. There are going to be things in your life, seasons in your life, when everything is good, the money that you hope would come into is coming. That, that The car that you wanted to drive, you're driving. Everything's good with your family. Your health is good. Everything looks good and you just want to Listen to me, hear what I'm about to say. You need to savor those moments because many times in life they are fewer than what you had hoped. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. As we begin to read that, I want you to understand that the Bible says that this is our key anchor verse for this. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose. Notice that word purpose under heaven. Solomon is comparing or saying that, listen to this, that God composes, God orchestrates, that God puts together the good seasons in our life, even the seasons that we wish we could bypass. Let me read it again. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every, not some, not part, but every purpose under heaven. 
And Solomon is saying to you and he's saying to me as he's writing at one of the most vulnerable times in his life, when at the beginning of this book he basically says this, I don't know what life's all about. Most of it seems futile. Most of it seems useless. Most of it seems like it's just, it's just craziness. What should a man get when he works all of his stinking life? Come on, somebody. And yet feels like he has accomplished nothing at the end. That's how he starts out with this chapter. That's how he starts out with this book. Then Solomon begins to realize you need to read these. You need to read these uh, books. You need to read them and really ask the Lord to help you. But Solomon is saying, God, I understand that you orchestrate, you compose, you put together the good seasons in my life. I know that you've given to them to me, and I also know, God, that you're in the orchestration, you're in the composing of even those seasons in my life that I wished I could bypass. I wish, God, that I could just collect $200 and go on and not go through this winter time. And over the next few weeks as we move into the Christmas time and the new year, I want to share with you some things that I've learned about living in seasons and how that you can have a more joyful, a more purposeful, and how that you can move beyond the mundane in your life of all the time cycling up and down. And you can find there is a purpose for every season in your life. Let's look down to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11. This is Solomon again writing these words. He says, he has made everything beautiful in his time. You see, for most of us, we don't get that. He also says, look at this, he's put eternity in their hearts except that no one, somebody say no one, can find out the work that God does from the beginning into the end. God's put eternity in our hearts. Every one of us know that at some point in our life, you know, things change. We get older. Eternity is there. We understand there's something beyond this life into the next. You don't just live once, but you're going to live twice. You choose where. Does that make sense? And he says, not only has he put that in every human heart, but look at this, nobody can totally understand the work of God that he does from the beginning to the end. We don't get it. Solomon was saying, and even though he's as wise, he, wise as he is in his day, he didn't have the New Testament, he didn't have that revelation that we've got today, and he would say this, no one understands everything going on in their life and the works of God from the beginning to the end, but God does. When we look over to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, we read these words. God has now revealed to us, somebody say to us, his mysterious plan. We don't understand the beginning and the, to the end. Solomon didn't understand it. But now in the book of Ephesians, we read this, that God has revealed to us his mysterious plan. Look at this, regarding Christ. A plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And his plan, look at this, at the right time will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Do you, do you, do you follow that? So Solomon's writing that, that life's purpose in each season is not always visible. When you're going through a winter time in your life and you can't figure out why things are the way they are, 
while the job is saying, hey, uh, we can't keep you, we're going to lay you off. We know it's right before Christmas, but we just don't know what else to do right now. And you can't figure out why you're there. You can't understand why this isn't working out or why the kids are doing this or why your health is the way that it is. And you feel like you're in a winter season. What he is trying to tell us is this. He wants us to know, King Solomon wants us to know, that God has a purpose for each season in your life, but you can't always see it. You see, some of us want to be able to look ahead. We want to be able to see what God's going to do. We want to be able to get a focus of it. But I'm going to tell you that if some of us knew what 2020 would bring, it would scare us to death. If some of us knew what would happen in 2020 or in the next few days that we have left in this year, it might, it might scare us to death. But because God has not given that or he has not given us the visible side of it, Paul teaches that when, when he writes about Christ, that Christ, because Christ came and has been resurrected, that the purpose of every season of your life and the purpose of every season of my life is to bring us or to bring everything under the authority of Christ. What are you telling me, Pastor? I'm telling you whether it's good days or bad days. I'm telling you whether it's a good season or a bad season, that God has got purpose in it, that He will be faithful, that He will bless you, that He will take care of you. You are His child, and that what He's working in the middle of all of this doesn't seem like good, but He can take what does seem like bad, turn it for good, because He can put it under. Christ. Are you with me? What does that mean, Pastor? That means it has to come under the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. That everything I'm going through, whether it's my health, my finances, my family, my job, whatever it is, that God wants to bring it under the authority of Christ and that He wants to put it into a place where we can understand a little bit better. So when you understand this principle in your life, I'm going to tell you it's easier for you to live. When you understand this, that God is wanting to put everything good and bad in your life under the authority and the uh, principles of that. Look at Daniel chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. I'm going to get started here in just a moment. I know we're into this a little bit, but let me lay the foundation. Here's the principle, Daniel 2, 19 through 21. This is him speaking to Daniel. When the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision, so Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. This is the part I want you to get. And He changes the times and the seasons. Who is it that has the authority within His hands to change times and seasons? It's God. Daniel tells us that. Daniel is giving the vision of what he has, been, what he has saw to the leaders that are of his time. He is telling them and he's saying to them, I want you to know there's only one person who has the power to change the seasons and the times in your life. God is in charge of every season in your life. But he does not always allow you to know when those seasons are changing and when they're coming. It is different than it is with us. When we see a uh, fall season coming on here in Mississippi, we hope to believe that temperatures are going to cool off and that leaves are going to begin to change and eventually they're going to fall off the tree and the evidence that fall has come is going to be, we're going to see these brilliant colors and then all those brilliant colors are going to turn brown and they're going to be in our yard and we're going to know that. And what he is saying to us is this, is that sometimes in our life, because God has the power over every season in your life, 
eyes that you do not or he does not always allow you to see the calendar or know when that calendar change is coming because sometimes life can turn on you on a dime and you don't even realize that that change is coming. You can be in a bad season in your life. You can be in a winter season in your life and God can because he composes, because he's in control, because he's got your calendar can turn it on a dime and change it for you in a moment. Some of you know just the opposite. That things can be well in your life. Things can look up and look like they're going well. And again, it can change. Your purpose was created. Here's what you need to know in eternity. But your life is always experienced in seasons. God created you in the beginning. He knew who you were before he ever formed you in his mother's womb. He knew the DNA about you. He knew what your life would be like. He knew when he knew about good things about you and the good and the things you don't like about yourself. But here's the point that you need to understand. You had a purpose for from God in the very beginning. In the beginning of eternity, where God created you, he put a purpose in your life. And some of you are wrestling around trying to figure out your purpose. You're shuffling from here and there. You're trying to figure out what it is that God is wanting you to do. What is it that God has for you? And yet God has put that purpose or written that purpose and created it in eternity. But God is saying, look, there's a season in your life of preparation. You're going to be being prepared for what's coming. I'm not just going to allow you to come into this good season right now. I'm going to allow you to go through some things. You're going to go through some things that have been orchestrated. No, God did not take that loved one. No, God didn't want you to go bankrupt. No, God did not allow you. God's not saying that he put bad things on you. I'm telling you that God orchestrated, even in the middle of what seemed to be bad, something for your good. He was trying to teach you a lesson. He was trying to show you something. He wanted to let you know that if you don't go through this, if you don't face this, you're not going to be able to handle what's coming next. Pastor, please bring this down where we can understand it a little bit better. I'm going to help you a little bit. I'd never understood to begin with why my dad was sick. I never could gather that. There are some reasons, some purpose behind that. But I'm going to tell you something. The bigger misunderstanding for me was I couldn't understand why he wasn't healed. I couldn't understand a man who had spent all the time that he'd had giving his life away, preaching the gospel, loving others, leading hundreds to Jesus Christ, why he would die at 68 years old. I couldn't gather that. And I was there with him until his dying breath. Can I tell you something? It was God, though, allowing me. And what I see from that was that God was preparing me for future seasons of things that I would have to deal with, even in death, that if I had not been through what I had been through, I would not have known how to deal with it. And may I went crazy as a bat. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? God was using a season. Even in that, he was orchestrating and trying to prepare my heart. If everything's always good in your life, you won't pray like you need to pray. You won't do like you know you need to do. Not that God's trying to get you to do right. God's already purposed it in your heart. He's already spoken over you. You ought to, as a child of God, want to live for Him and do what's right and love God. It's not you loving your pastor. It's you loving God and being obedient to what the Word says. You don't experience everything at once in life. You experience it in seasons. Paul even writes in the book of Romans, which we preached on a few weeks ago, that God is, he is, has a purpose that he's been working on in your life, that all good things will 
work together to the together for the good of those that love the Lord. The problem is that most of us, when we struggle in a season that we're currently experiencing, when we're going through what we're going through, what we do is pray that God will get us out, that somehow God will get me out of this, that somehow God will let me go past it, somehow God will let me quickly move into the next season. Can I tell you something? It is you better be careful praying those prayers because God is trying to show you something and teach you something. And I can tell you this, that your walk of faith is just like school. If you fail it spiritually, you will go back and repeat it. I'm going to say it again. If you fail it spiritually in your walk with God, you will go back and repeat it. I'm going to say it again. If it's relationships you're dealing with and you keep struggling with and it's from one man to another man or one woman to another woman, I'm going to tell you if it's Bill this year, it'll be Bob next year. If you don't, get it straightened around. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? God's trying to get you through this season. He's trying to help you there. He's purposed it in your heart and He's got a purpose for it. But if you don't don't hear what he's saying, you're going to struggle with it again. Be careful about praying that the seasons of your life, that you go quickly, that you move into them quickly. I've, I've visited different churches through my time of pastoring and even in ministry, and there have been times that when I would visit them, I would say, you know what the issue is, and I, is that the problem is that I always need more people. I need more people in leadership. I need more people to step up, to be able to carry out the purpose that God has called me for in my life. Can I tell you that God has always provided everything that I needed in order to carry out His purpose, that it's already been there, that God already gave it to me. If He's commissioned you, if He's called you to it, He has already made a way, but sometimes in myself. You remember me talking about a few weeks ago that we need to divorce the old default person in our life that basically says, I can't do it. We give all the excuses why it can't be done, that we need to def- we need to divorce the default person. Why did I tell you that? Because the default of Tony says, well, there's not enough leaders, there's not enough finances, they're doing it bigger, they're doing it better. Can I tell you something? That more people does not always mean uh, that everything is going to be better. Let me just put something out there, a little nugget to you right now. I have learned that more of anything other than more of God can have its problems. Why? Why is that, Pastor? I'm going to tell you something. You get more money and you think that's what it needs. I, I just realized here not too long ago, I'm kind of, you know, uh, I've never won the lottery. They say you got to buy a ticket. I don't know why, but I've never bought a ticket, so that may be why I've never, I've never won it. But I've heard about the Mississippi now, the lottery thing that's going around. And I happen to be in a store that I normally buy from, and I heard them the, the, the group talking about it. It's the only way that I really even knew that that was something that was going on. And then I began to hear a little bit more. And I began to hear some pastors that were talking on pages when it came out on the internet. And it was on Vicksburg Post. And they were saying, yeah, you know, they, they were going on and on and on about it. Can I just say, share something with you? That more money does not mean less problems. That you can get more money and not know how to manage what God's already given you. And you're still going to struggle in your next season. I, I, come on, somebody. I'm going to preach it here whether you help me or not. You can say, I just need a better job to get more money so I can do what, uh, what I need to do. Can I tell you? You can get a better job, get more money, not give your tithe and offerings, and still struggle. The Bible says like putting uh, 
putting money into a bag with a hole in it. You never get more. You'll never gain more. But when you realize that the purpose of God is that I get that that I that it isn't that really God that I get more of God, but that God gets more of me. That God is trying to get more of me. What do you mean more of me, Pastor? I'll tell you what I mean. He's asking for obedience. He's saying in your season that seems like a winner. Will you obey me? Will you say when you say that you love me in church, do you really mean it when you're going through hell during the week? I, li- listen to me. God's saying don't pray to get out of your season too quick because if you get out of it, you'll not learn You'll not learn the lesson. You, you know how it is. When you're a kid, you think, you know what, if I can just get a driver's permit, I can drive anywhere I want to drive. No, you can't. you got to have an adult with you. Never will forget when I met Bethany. She said, I got my driver's license at 15 years old. I thought, my heavens, for Mississippi to be last in a lot of things, they first in giving out driver's license. What 15? Y'all plug your ears. What 15-year-old is responsible enough to be driving around a 3,000-pound vehicle? Not many that I know. As much as I love them, it's just not in their thought pattern, especially boys. Because most of them's brains are still moving from one place to the other. It's truth. I was one, so I'm just going to tell you that's the way that it is. If I just get my driver's permit, I can just drive wherever I want to. No, you can't. It's the way we think, though. We think that solves all of our problems as a teenager. Then we think, well, if I just get my driver's license, that'll take away all the restrictions so I can just drive alone. Can I tell you, it just brings more problems a lot of times. And then you say, well, if I could just go to college, if I could just get to college, if I could just get more money. Why are you telling us all this, Pastor? Because life is in season. However, point number one for those of you writing down tonight, every season has a struggle. Every season has a struggle that you cannot always see looking from the outside in. You come to church, I'm good, my church clothes fit well with me, I got my stuff going on, God, I got a paycheck coming, but your marriage is a mess. Come to church and been doing all this stuff, and I'm even leading now, and stuff's happening in my life, but my kids, my kids are just a mess. Come on, somebody. I, I, I'm, listen to me. Not every time that you think everything's okay, remember this, does it mean that it's okay? Because every season, I don't care if it's winter, spring, fall, or whenever, or summer, has a struggle that you cannot always see on the outside of someone else's life looking in. And a lot of the problems, everybody looking at me right now, that we have, and I'm not preaching against it, I'm not against it, we're streaming on Facebook, we're streaming on social media, and I'm glad for that, but I'm going to tell you, a lot of the issues that we're dealing with now are things we did not deal with 15 years ago, and that is that we're peering through a virtual window at everybody else's life, comparing what they have to what we think that we need to have, and I'm here to tell you that more of anything in your life does not always mean that it's good because every season has its struggle that you can't see looking from the outside in. They got a better car than I got. Yeah, and they got a car note too. I'm just preaching. This is just random. This is the land yap again. 
They got a they got a brand new house. Yeah, and they got a note that goes along with it. Come on, somebody. They got another child. I, I just want a child so bad. In all my heart, I want a child. Can I tell you something? As beautiful and wonderful as this is and this experience is, I'm going to tell them, and they already know it because they have children, there will be struggles with this season. Because that's the way we are. Why is that, Pastor? There is sin in this world. And sin is a three-letter word that we all have in common, but nobody really wants to talk about. But there are struggles as beautiful even as the season seems. I like fall. It's one of my favorite seasons. I love seeing colors. I have hundreds of pictures stashed away on hard drives of fall pictures that I've taken for years. Beautiful pictures of trees that turn. And I've got beautiful trees at my house. They're called red oaks. And those red oaks will turn. And it's beautiful when they turn. But can I tell you something? Yesterday or the day before that I got outside and I had to get a leaf blower out to try to get piles of leaves that were to my knees off my house that were brown and then try to mulch them up so it isn't so bad after it rains. Can I tell you something? As beautiful as the season is, I despise having to deal with the leaves. Are you following me? Every season has its struggles that sometimes we don't see looking from the outside in. We see the beautiful pictures on Facebook of how gorgeous it is and how great that it is, but we don't think about what they're having to contend with. I just come by to tell somebody, I don't know what it is that you needed from from the Lord today. I don't know what it is you wanted to hear or anything else, but I'm just saying that regardless of where you are, be careful peering into someone else's season and wanting to be like them because comparison will kill your joy. Comparison will kill your life. It will destroy who you are. Well, they got more likes on their page. They must like me. They didn't like my picture. They didn't like my, my post. They didn't like this. stuff. Hear me. You're not living your life for likes. Facebook and Instagram isn't real. It will lead you down a fairy tale path that will absolutely get your mind crazy. Hear me. One of the best things that most of you could do is put it away. My son, who's not even here this morning, was with me at Thanksgiving. He has a lot of insight on social media because he uses social media as a way to be able to get across even what he does. His job, where he works, is, is media or production and social media. It's what he does. And so we're finished eating. We've been there. They've been there for a couple of days. And I pick up my phone, as we all do, Sitting in the chair, sitting at the table. Uh, well, we didn't bring uh, phones to the table. Kids know that's not. We're sitting there. And it's over with, and it's getting dark. And I pick up my phone. And I pick up the phone to find out. And I know we're again live. But, hey, if you need to email me, that's fine. You didn't like this, that's fine. It won't be the first time. But let me just say, I pick up the phone to find either somebody reposted or posted about or was asking about what was going on on Halls Ferry only to see the next post or two, because that was an hour or so before, that there is our uh, news media that has posted that someone has been shot with a shotgun and killed, and they're on a manhunt looking for them. I don't know about you, but that's too close to the house. That's, that's this town. This is the town that we pray over every morning that God would be, that Jesus would be Lord. That, that God, you, you're in control, but we know that people do stupid stuff. 
and we know that lawless, lawless is abounding, but God, we're asking you to touch hearts. And the only way that can happen is that you and I are the hands and the feet of Jesus. Because when their lives turn around, they stop shooting each other in the chest. Come on, somebody. When, when the love of God comes into their hearts, things change. Well, it's just the color, hogwash. I'm tired of hearing that. It's like the pastor that stood up in the middle of the church, and I'm going to preach this well right here because I'm on this point. I might as well go here. And it was a pastor 30 years ago. I never will forget it. Bethany and I were sitting in a large church service, huge congregation, probably had thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in tithes coming in. And at that time, they were busing kids in. It was the day that when bus ministry was big, early 90s, they were busing all these kids in. And somebody in the church had complained and it got back to the pastor about the bus kids tearing up stuff in the church. And I heard him say these words, and I'll never forget it, Pastor Ted. He looked across that pulpit with 500-plus people in that congregation. And he said, I'm going to tell you something right now. Some of you complaining about the bus kids tearing up stuff in our church, and it ain't the bus kids, it's your little darlings. And it was the truth. Come on, somebody. Because in our hearts, we want to believe that, you know, everything is well, everything is good. But I'm here to tell you that every season has a struggle. And sometimes looking from the outside in is difficult. There's a small part in all of us. Hey, I want somebody else's success. I want to enjoy a moment of somebody else's success. Look at what I could do if I was there. If you understand this principle, every season has a struggle that you can't see it always from looking from the outside. This principle sets you free from envy. It sets you free from comparison and wanting what God is not, where he's not taking you. There's a reason you hadn't won the lottery. We had a guy years ago, not in this church, in this denomination, that won, not in Mississippi, not in Louisiana, outside of here, won a bunch of money. And the first thing he said was, I'm going to give my tithe and I'm going to give a sizable offering to the church. And I've been in this thing a long time now. And it's my understanding, and complete understanding, I think Brother David knows the story. The church never saw tithes, never saw a dime of it. And guess what? He's flat broke today. God's not going to take you someplace that he knows you can't handle. Why is that, Pastor? Because the problem with comparing with other people's lives is that we only see how well they're doing, but we don't see the struggles they're facing. To put the cookies on the bottom shelf, we only see the Sunday morning faith, but we don't see the Friday night fight. God showed me a long time ago that the same people that you need in the early seasons of your life, maybe in building a church, building a business, building in your life in general, can become your greatest struggle because they are in your next season. We don't like to think it's that way, but it's true. Because we think that more people means everything's better, right? But it's amazing how we can get a different emphasis. Here's this, and we'll move to point two and get out of here. Here's this. It's amazing. I've visited a lot of places. I came from the foothills of the Smokies. I lived there for 16 to 18 years when I was a freshman. I grew up going outside, opening the door of my house. My wife will tell you, you step into the front porch and seeing one of the most gorgeous views of the mountains you've ever seen. Our backyard was nothing but a playground. Deer, 
woods to play in, creek to play around, vines to swing from. But yet we didn't have a whole lot, but we had a, we had a roof over our head. When I left, when I turned 18 to go to Bible college and moved to a place in southern Louisiana that did not look like the view that I had from where I came from, I had people literally ask me, then when I moved to southern Mississippi, why in the world did you leave where you were at? I'll tell you why. Not because I didn't know this, but most of us don't recognize what we have until we leave where we've been. I need to go to that church because they got this. And then we get there and we realize they got that, but something else is missing. You're not, you're not going to find a perfect church, perfect pastor, perfect people anywhere you go because sin is in every season that we step out in, especially that we don't see looking from the outside in. So there are places that I visited that I enjoy. I love going to the mountains. I like going every now and again. My wife enjoyed going to the beach. But can I tell you something? I don't want to live in the mountains or in a place where i got to shovel snow six months out of the year. Can I get an amen out of that? I love to visit the beach at the Caribbean islands. I love to do that. But I don't want to be trapped on one of them little bitty islands when a hurricane comes across. Y'all following what I'm saying? Because visiting is great in the moment, but it's different when you've got to live there. Are you with me? God wants us to be free from continually striving to be in another season or someone else's season. Because if you could live there, if you do live there, and it's not what God's called you to, you're not going to like it once you get there. Isn't it amazing that you can save up all this money to go on a family vacation, you can spend all that money on a hotel, food, everything else. I know because we've done it. And you can get to that place, you can be there about two or three nights, and you're like, man, I'll be ready to get out in the house. Ain't no place like my bed. Boy, those pillows in that hotel sure aren't my pillows. Come on, somebody. That room doesn't smell like my room. You know why? Because we get to a place that we think that we won't even spend money trying to get there to realize that really isn't where we're supposed to be because our soul needs a home. Just like your body wants your bed and wants the pillow, your soul needs a home. It needs a place of rest. It needs a place that it can rest. i got to move on. Number two, I'm going to jump down to this. Every season that you have will be created by the words that you speak. There's, there's a whole book in James that you could read that talks about the power of your tongue, the power of your mouth, speaking life and death, blessing and cursing. But part of the problem that a lot of us in church have is the fact that we want to speak or we do speak things over our lives that are not what God has called us to. But we create it because, listen to me, there is the power of life and death in your tongue. What you say, what you speak is creating the season you will move into. I got more, I got more to preach here than everybody's got time to read. Hear what I'm about to say. Pastor, I just wish, I wish I had not have married her. Well, some of us tried to tell you that. You didn't listen. That's a good one tonight, Dan. A Baptist amen would work right there. Y'all know what a Baptist amen is? This is the I know that because I got a lot of good. Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian friends, but a good Baptist amen is for sure. That would work right there. So you, you said, I shouldn't have married them. Some, some people tried to tell you not to marry them because they saw what you couldn't see 
looking from the outside in. You were so much in love with them and couldn't see past the struggles that they were dealing with, but everybody else knew the struggle. They saw what was happening and tried, but you just, you got to get through it. You got to get through it. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not talking about anybody in here. I'm just saying you know what I'm talking about. You understand. Some of you have been there. Some of you could stand up and say, Pastor, if my husband, my wife wasn't sitting here right now, I could tell you a story and confirm through the power of God, what you're saying right now to some young person who thinks they want to get married, some nappy-headed boy that needs to stay away from him. Come on, I'm preaching good here. The girl that everybody in school knows about. Come on, somebody. And you think you want to get married to them. Hear what I'm about to tell you. Every word you speak is created by, or every season that you're in is created by the seasons that you're in. The, the, because you're speaking over that. Well, I wish I had not have married that person. Look, you stood before God and you made a vow before God and you said that you would be with them for better or for worse. Well, we spent more time in worse than we have better. You said that you would stay with them for rich, richer or poor. Yeah, but we spent more time in the poor house than we have in the rich house. Pastor, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to tell you, I need everybody listening to me. If somebody tried to tell you before you married them, you know what, they did what they were supposed to do. Don't blame them. Don't ask, don't, come on somebody, don't, anything else they tried to tell you, but hear me. If you're in that situation and you're there and you don't like your husband, you don't like your wife, come on somebody, then you need to start speaking over them what you want to see. Come on somebody. They are horrible at managing money. Then you need to take that and you need to start speaking over them. God, I believe that you've given us the mind of Christ. I believe that you have told us that we need to manage well what we have. Lord, I speak, call their names and believe that God will help them. Well, God, I don't like their attitude. You know what? You need to start speaking over their attitude. You need to start saying over what you, in their life, what you want to see. Because if all you do is complain about, talk about, and tell how bad that it is. You are literally speaking into your life the season that you're going through. But when you start speaking different over the season that you're going through and you start believing, it may be your finances and you're giving your tithe, you're giving your offering. And I don't know if it's your credit card or your debit card or your checkbook. You need to shove in the middle of Hebrews and start walking out and praying over it every day. But I believe that if you'll start doing what God has called you to do in obedience and believing and praying that God is faithful, that He can't lie that even in the middle of a drought season, even in the middle of a dry time, that God is going to bring you out and that what you're planning today is not for now but for tomorrow. Come on somebody. I had somebody this morning say that in my office. Pastor, when things were so tough in my life, when things were in a drought in my life, when I didn't know what I wanted to do, I had heard you say, don't just give what you want now but give for where you want to be. Give for where you want to live. Give for what you want to do. And that's what I did. I begin to tithe on that. And can I tell you that the blessings of God have not ever, come on, somebody failed. Jerry's not here. He can watch it on Facebook. I'm going to say something strong. Pastors Ted and Tegan, you can reprimand me later. I'm going to move on. We're talking about seasons of change. You won't change financially in your life. Listen, listen. I won't change in my life, my season. I've been sporadic about tithing, but I really haven't been faithful about tithing. I'm not giving my tithe, but I know that I need to give my tithe. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. I challenge you from now to the first of this year to give your tithe 30 days 
four Sundays. Give your tithe. Do it for a month. If you're worse off in the next month than you were the month you were given, I'll have Jerry write you a check back for the amount that you paid in. Is that fair? I'm going to say it again. For 30 days, give God, give him the first. He's already provided for you the job. He already provided for you. You, you, You're already in the struggle. See if God, see if he's not true. See, I didn't take the, I didn't receive this giving talk this morning. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a giving talk. 30 days, give your tithe. If you're worse off than what you were before you started giving, I'll have Jerry write you a check for that. All you got to do is come to me and say, Pastor, it's horrible. Since I've been giving my tithe, I'm worse off than what I was. You know what, I'm, I'm stepping out on faith today. I'm believing by faith. But Jeremy Rice, I believe what I'm telling you because we live it out. We live it out, even in the struggles that we've been through. Even in the times when I didn't know what we were going to do. Even when I didn't know where the next check was coming from. Even when I didn't know how we were going to pay the bills. I still trusted God. I still believed God. Can I tell you something? Every season has its struggles. But be careful that you don't miss what God's doing. If you're struggling in a season, begin to speak over that season what God is saying. God said in His Word in Ecclesiastes 3.11, He's made everything beautiful in its time. I want to ask you the question as we get close to the closing point of this. What are you speaking over your current season? Everybody look at me. What are you typing about your current season? What are you sharing about your current season? Because I'm going to tell you that is just as powerful as the words you're putting out of your mouth. If James would have had social media and computers, he would have said something about it. I'm talking about James, wrote the book of James. Whatever you're speaking over your season will determine how you experience that season. That's what's going to happen. In other words, your season are going to take on the characteristics of the prescription of that season. If you choose to have the perspective of your season that it's beautiful, that God can make everything beautiful in its time, then God will. And the church, even this church, will operate in seasons. It's just like life. If, if you're fighting against a season, it's going to cause you more hurt if you fight against it than if you just say, God, I know that somehow you're going to receive glory because you're orchestrating, you're putting together this. If you learn how to enjoy the journey, you're going to find out the blessing. We're getting to a close, guys. Y'all get ready for me. There's a lot of stuff about to come up in the scripture that we all know that's meant to come up. I have, I've hit the high spots and
never say because our church isn't doing it. What they need to say is because I never would step up and do it. Y'all deal with me or not? I love you and thank you in advance.